Hello and welcome to this In Conversation series with some of UQ's highest achieving alumni, the 2020 UQ Alumni Award winners. My name is Madonna King and my guest is the Honourable Matthew Foley, who has been awarded UQ Alumnus of the Year. It's not hard to see why. A barrister, former Minister of the Crown and social worker, he's served as Attorney General in Queensland, on the University Senate and in a host of other roles. It was at UQ where Matt Foley gained his Bachelor of Arts, Bachelor of Social Work and his Bachelor of Laws. He also lived for part of his degree at St Leo's College. Now, after decades in politics and law, he has returned to UQ as an adjunct professor lecturing in the School of Nursing, Midwifery and Social Work. Almost a full circle. Matt Foley, welcome. Thanks, Madonna. A Bachelor of Arts, Bachelor of Social Work, Bachelor of Laws. That makes you sound like the perennial student. Why did you come to UQ in the first place? Well, I wanted to be a social worker, so I needed to study psychology and uh, do a first degree in that and then a social work degree. And basically, uh, the University of Queensland uh, had quite a good uh, social work faculty and the idea of going interstate or overseas was just not a realistic financial option. So um, I came to UQ um, basically to become a social worker. So on graduation, you actually worked as a child welfare officer. What kind of wake up was that after after your time as a student? It was it was a real shock to the system because I started doing that after I'd done my first degree in psychology and before I'd completed the final, the further two years of social work training, and I was astonished at the level of domestic violence within the families with whom I was coming into contact. That was one aspect of it. I think the other thing that really shocked me was the way that kids can just get lost in the system. The system was chronically under-resourced. You had kids in foster homes that had not seen a child welfare officer for donkey's years. So uh, it was an eye-opener, a shock to the system. How much does that plight of, uh, of children and domestic violence still weigh on your mind? Well, it certainly does. Um, I mean, with regard to the position of children in care, I'm very pleased to see the legislation in recent years has given a much more active role to the children's court, uh, which means more structure and better decision-making for uh, the future of those, uh, those kids. But needless to say, we still have very, very significant problems. Well, you became involved as an academic into the over-representation of Indigenous children in state care, didn't you? What did that research program involve? It, it involved working together with the great Aboriginal leader, Lilla Watson, through the social work faculty at uh, the University of Queensland. So we consulted widely with uh, Aboriginal communities throughout Queensland We had lengthy consultations with the Aboriginal community um, in arriving at a recommendation for the Aboriginal child placement principle. That is to say, if an Aboriginal child is to be placed into the care of the state, then where they're actually physically placed should first consider immediate family, then consider extended family, then consider other members of the Aboriginal community, and don't just approach it from the point of view of... um, well, we'll just put them um, all in the same boat. It caused some controversy. It was 
however, adopted um, as policy and then ultimately in legislation in the Child Protection Act, and I was very pleased to see that. Well, after time as a barrister, a social worker and academic, you actually joined the ranks of Queensland's Parliament. What's the story behind you standing for Parliament? Well, I'd spent the 1970s as a social protest decade, campaigning on civil liberties, campaigning on um, Aboriginal land rights and so on. And every time we'd run a campaign or have a street march or a demo, the government of the day uh, would just dismiss it. You know, the awful ugly reality dawned on me that if I was going to be fair income about trying to change the way things work, I needed to be part of a, a political party that had a chance of seizing government getting on the Treasury benches, changing the laws and making a difference. So was it what you expected when you were elected? It was terrific in a way because we were elected in the 1989 election on a platform of reform arising out of the Fitzgerald Inquiry. So all these things that we'd been fighting for for donkey's years and getting nowhere on um, electoral law reform, freedom of information, judicial review of administrative decisions, peaceful assembly. We were able to um, to move quickly on. I had the great pleasure and honour of chairing the um, all-party parliamentary committee, um, and I know you were very involved yourself in uh, in scrutinising the progress of those reforms. We certainly had a few run-ins over the time, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, you've just nominated a whole lot of reforms from freedom of information legislation to electoral reform. You became the state's attorney general and and were credited with um, making the bench more inclusive, particularly by appointing women. How easy was that to do? (laughs) Well, I I copped a fair bit of flack at the time from the Old Boys Club, um, and at times it was uh, pretty, um, pretty tricky politically. But it just cried out to be done. I mean, I had the honour of appointing um, women justices as uh, like the President of the Court of Appeal, Chief Judge of the District Court, the Chief Magistrate. Of the 40 judicial appointments that the government made between uh, 98 and 2001 when I was Attorney General in the um, Beatty government, 25 were women and 15 were men. I was criticised on the grounds that this was um, not based on merit selection. But the previous system was just appalling. And we had one woman out of some 25 justices on the Supreme Court, that woman whom we had appointed in in the previous term. It, It was so plainly out of kilter with the high level of expertise amongst women legal practitioners and so inappropriate for the, uh, for the cause of diversity and for the cause of justice. You retired a while ago, 2004. Was that your most significant contribution as a politician? Or when you look back, what's the contribution you're most proud of? Well, it's hard to say because when you're part of a government, the, the, the most important contribution I think I made as part of government was the electoral reform sweeping away the gerrymander, sweeping away the malapportionment, um, restoring democracy to Queensland. I might incidentally mention I'm also proud of having appointed the first Aboriginal magistrates. If you go to the the magistrates' courts, you'll often see uh, Aboriginal people in the dock, but 
we'd like to see a few more on the bench as well. You've now returned to the bar, Matt Foley. What do you love about it so much? Oh, the parry and thrust of it. You know, it's the most heavily subsidised form of theatre in Queensland, really. Um, (laughs) Can I just mention a couple of other things, though, quickly in answer to your previous question about other significant achievements? Because some of these fly under the radar a bit. The Guardianship and Administration Act of 2000, which I introduced as part of the Beatty government, revolutionised access to justice for people with a decision-making incapacity, that is, people with Alzheimer's or um, other forms of um, mental difficulty. I had the great honour of introducing amendments to the Property Law Act to provide for the rights of de facto couples, both opposite sex and same sex, to have a procedure and access to the court system. Uh, in circumstances where there'd been no such uh, activity. That now has been, I'm pleased to say, integrated into the Commonwealth family law system. And as Arts Minister in, in both the Goths government and the Beatty government, I'm proud of our support for things like the Queensland Theatre Company's Billy Brown Studio, now the theatre, the Judith Wright Centre, um, named after the famous Queensland poet and uh, the establishment of the magnificent game of the Gallery of Modern Art. What piece of advice would you give to a student starting at UQ today? I think I'd firstly encourage them to enjoy their experience. Secondly, I'd say read the poetry of um, Artie Kath Walker, later known as uh, Udru Noonuckle, in that poem of his Song of Hope. To our fathers' fathers, the pain, the sorrow. To our children's children, the glad tomorrow. The point is, Kath Walker grasped, Udru Nunuckle grasped that words, thoughts, actions make a difference and can make a profound difference. So I think that's something for the newcomers starting out at uni to give some thought to. What about the young Matthew Foley? It's 1968. It's your first day at UQ. What piece of advice would you give yourself? <laughs> well, I think I'd say yeah, spend more time reading uh, poetry and a little less time reading Karl Marx. And... Matthew Foley, thank you. Thanks very much, Madonna. We hope you enjoyed this conversation with UQ Alumnus of the Year, the Honourable Matthew Foley. To learn more about our Alumni Award winners or for more information about the UQ Alumni programming, please visit the UQ Alumni webpage at alumni.uq.edu.au or follow UQ Alumni on social media. My name is Madonna King and thanks for listening. Listening.